0: J.P.K. brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show tomorrow from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. Ah, uh, boom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. That was weird. All right, so... We got reaction poured in from jazz fans and PK. We are all uh, what? What is that uh, recency bias? I think is the expression. You know, whatever we see most recently is the thing that we really go to. It's the thing that sticks in our mind. But if we've oh, yeah, been yeah, doing yeah. a show after Game One, and Game Two is more recent. So we were talking in the in the two segments ago about, you know, really what had gone wrong for the Jazz. And we did reference in game one the things that went right. And obviously, Damian Lillard had a horrible shooting night, which, as you pointed out, when it's all said and done, that might be his worst shooting night of the year. It, maybe it won't be, but it, it could well be. It was that bad a night. And if we'd been doing a show after game one, though, or if, if game two had been the opener and then game one they'd look brilliant, how different would it be now – How sustainable do you think the way they played in game one is? Now, the way they shot in the first half was off the charts. Teams can't shoot 53%. I mean, the Jazz led the league at 38%. So if a team's going to shoot 53%, it's going to happen rarely. And when it does, you're going to win from three. 53% 53% from three, and they led the league last year, shooting 38% from three. I think Miami was second, like a tenth of a point behind him. So that is a, you know, 37, 38% is a really good number over a season. 53% in a game is off the charts. But as the course of the game went on, they win comfortably, and they ended up 19 of 50, which is 38% right on the button. But the eyeball test in that game, everything looked crisp, everything looked sharp, both ends of the floor. It wasn't just the three going in. Although that sure helps, it always helps. But it wasn't just that. I'm just wondering how different all these posts were getting would be if the games had happened in the other order.
1: Hmm. I'd have to have a moment to contemplate that, and having moments to contemplate doesn't work in sports radio. Yeah, I
0: know it's all about <laughs> we're going to instant have, reaction. DJ ran for a minute. So when, I can I was in, when I was in college radio, there was uh, someone doing a show and and she had really messed up and was playing the stuff in the studio, but it wasn't going over the air. And she... she I had to go into the control room and say something. It's like, some people like quiet. They're like, should we be arguing about this now, or should she just be, you know, hitting this button and spinning this dial and getting the music back on the air? Some people like quiet. Yeah, but those aren't the people who've turned the radio on. <laughs> it's like...
1: At that time, they made like quiet at another time. At another
0: time, you're right, yeah. but they probably have the yeah. radio off. Then I need quiet in the car yeah, now. I'm turning the radio saying, off. Yeah.
1: And it's amazing, you know, people probably think that I say a lot of stupid things, and I'm sure I do, but it's amazing that I don't even say more stupid things because so much of it is an instant reaction. You pose this question immediately, and I have to have a reaction. And I understand that's the nature of the business, and normally I do have a reaction. So my reaction to it. As I've contemplated it here, just for a minute or so, is that yeah, it would probably be different, but I do think that for the reason why there's a little more angst plays into the fact that this team is a an extremely veteran team. Now Mitchell's only 24 years old, so he's still a young pup, but nevertheless, he's got three years together, and uh, and everybody has come back from last yep. year with the exception of Favors, who's coming back from the year before. So they're all together. They're not completely and totally brand uh, a veteran team that's been playing together for years because you have significant additions in Clarkson and Conley. And Clarkson hasn't been playing for a full year. Conley was in and out of the lineup. So there is a little bit of uh, still need to get used to each other. But on the whole... This is an advanced team in that way, and they have so much experience together with the coach, Quinn Snyder. So I think that there we wouldn't be as high if the situation was reversed, because it's more like, okay, I'm expecting this team to get off to a good start because of the continuity that they've had, and... The fact that it was bad on Saturday was the surprise. It really, to me, wasn't the surprise that they looked as good as they looked on, uh, what was that, Wednesday? Is that when the first game was? Yeah. That wasn't that the big surprise. The bigger surprise was that they looked as bad as they looked because of the fact that they've got so much continuity coming back. So I don't think it would be a 50-50 reversal if you just flip-flopped everything if it was game two because of the fact that, to an extent, I think we expect this team to be pretty good in large part here early that they haven't made that many changes. And so there is that form of continuity that's going to lead to guys playing well earlier than maybe some other teams playing well. I mean, the standings really are crazy when you look at it already, yes. after, depending on how many games you've played. But Cleveland, the Cavaliers are 3-0. and zero. Indiana is 3-0. and oh. I mean, that, that's really uh, – Atlanta – uh 2 and 0. I happen to think Atlanta made some good moves. I've been talking about that. Uh Orlando
0: 3 and 0. mean and at the other Brooklyn, end at the other end Toronto is off to an 0 and 2 start and the Nuggets are 0 and 2. The, the yeah. Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Rockets and the Raptors are a combined 0 and 7. those are four decent to very good teams and they're 0 and 7 combined. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh that's a little bit of a surprise, but you know when you make a bunch of changes, I've always believed in terms of basketball, you just don't hit the ground running. There needs some time. Yep. You just and and, and and the only thing, the only way you get that is by playing, getting out on the floor, playing against opponents. Like I spoke at the U of U basketball team, is they need to play games, man. Hmm. They hadn't played enough games as we we're approaching Christmas, so it's hard to judge them. It's hard to see you know where they're at. And with the Jazz, we didn't think that was going to be a big issue. You know, I guess I would feel a little bit better, and I'm not not going to make a big deal about it, but I would probably feel a little bit better if the loss to Minnesota was a little closer. But I really didn't feel like they were in the game for so long. And it was funny because we've watched enough Jazz basketball over the years. You can probably fill in the team, but for us, obviously, it's Jazz, to where you're thinking – This isn't going well here, man. No. And this isn't going to end well. And sure enough, that was one of those games. So that was the bothersome aspect of it. But knowing that this is the NBA, and even in a 10 game or a game that has 10 fewer games, season that has 10 fewer games. Now that it's started, it's started later. So the frequency of games, I haven't doped it out, but it's probably the same at this point because clearly by the time they started in December, if they had started earlier, they would have played those 10 games. So they're playing the, the...
0: Condensity, is that a word? No. I think I like this is a words. more. I think this is a more congested schedule. Been, okay. There's fewer off days, and I've not gone back to count up previous schedules, and it's right. easy enough to do. I could do it in the break, but well, it's, you
1: do that and get back
0: to me. It's 37 games in 71 days. It's mark it down, PK. It's only a matter of time before we hear from whatever coach in this league has a team that's underachieving. Well, we haven't had much chance to practice. It's going to happen. They're playing more than every other day in the portion of the schedule that's been released. It's a weird year, so they did half the schedule and then they're going to do half the schedule and try to account for whatever, you know, games get missed. AKA really big games, marquee matchups for network television. <laughs> that's uh-huh, got to sure. take yeah, care fine. of those cuz that's, you know, most of the money.
1: So if we come here tomorrow morning and we see a repeat of Saturday, well then I'm I'm more uh, not lo- alarmed, but I'm more bothered. Uh, Whereas if they play to where they're capable of, then I can say, all right, it just wasn't happening for whatever reason. And they righted the ship immediately. And that's the great thing about the NBA, man. There's not necessarily always a game tomorrow, but there's usually one that's not far away.
0: Well, if uh, if they play like they played in Portland four nights out of five, and then uh, one game out of five looks like Minnesota, then you can live with it because you're not going to win them all. It's the nature of the sport, blah, blah, blah. So there just needs to be way more of those Portland-looking games than there are those Minnesota-looking games. Just give me 16 in the postseason. That's what I want. 16 wins. <laughs> 16 of those Portland things. You know, the thing about the Portland game isn't that they went up there and won. Because, you know, to everything you said, it's a veteran team. They've got a lot of experience playing together, so we expect them to be good. So if they went up there and played a really good game and won the game, I wouldn't be surprised. But the fact that they opened up such a big lead early and then maintained it and made it look so easy, that was the surprising part. You know, when they open up the big lead early in the game, there's, a, there's an old saying in the NBA, you know, there's three runs in the game, and you've got to have two of them, and you'll win the game. And that'll work for you most nights. And there was no run for Portland. That was just jazz, 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 more jazz. You know, the, the Minnesota game was more normal where, yeah, Minnesota had a couple runs, but the Jazz did have runs where they close and then Minnesota have a run and open it up again. So there's a little more back and forth, uh, a little more f- normal flow. You know, it's interesting you say, like, the, um, Donovan Mitchell is the one, although he's experienced because he's played a lot of games and a lot of minutes. You know, there are guys who don't get to play that much early in their career and don't get to the playoffs early in their career like he has. So for a guy his age, he's experienced. Um, And he did feel that urgency in the third quarter to, you know, kind of, attack the hoop and change the flow of the game and, and make something happen. And I wonder if he'll get more comfortable doing that early because what you said is true. We all felt it watching the game. The first quarter didn't look right. And it got worse in the second quarter, not better. And I wonder as uh, as he gets more into this, uh, instead of doing what he did, you know, with three or four minutes ago in the third quarter, if we start to see that in the first or second quarter when a game is going wrong.
1: Maybe so. Maybe he needs some more... Maturity process there, and great thing about this in in this league, it's not what you did; it's what you're going to do. And forget about it now. Learn from it. Forget about it, and you've got this opportunity. Forty eight hours later, I suspect that tonight we'll see a good game, a much more improved yeah. effort, and we'll see a, a better resolve. Uh, the Thunder is the same thing put them in the category of Minnesota uh, to where you're better than these guys. And so I am suspecting and predicting a win. I mean, I I think it's obvious. I mean, this is a team you should beat. I don't care if it's in Oklahoma City. I don't know what the fan thing is, but that shouldn't matter to a veteran ball club. So um, I don't want to say that I'm anxiously awaiting it. Because that's putting too much stock. It's more like I'm expecting it. It's not as much of a mystery to me. I'm expecting a team that comes out with greater resolve, uh, because you know they talk a good game, and maybe other teams talk a good game too. But I don't pay attention as much. Uh, uh, you know the day to day minutia. I'm not listening to Zoom interviews that uh, the Lakers do. I mean, yeah. LeBron's on TV. Uh, everything he says is magnified. So basically jumping out but the at nuggets, you all the
0: time, anyway. Yeah, but the yeah. Nuggets, you're not listening to their Zoom calls. No. And they're no. not. Whereas the Jets, I'm listening to every
1: freaking right. Zoom thing that they have, et- literally every single one. And they're talking. Rudy's talking about a title. Donovan's talking about first round exits are out the door now. And that's stuff that I want to hear, uh, as long as you back it up. You know, That's a, I talked about, made fun of Todd Graham. When he was coaching down in Tempe, I got tired of hearing it because you never backed it up. You know what I mean?
0: Never Best Tuesday practice but, ever.
1: If you're winning a bunch of ball games, yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: But don't keep saying it without the results. Now, they can't be winning any playoff series here in December, obviously. But, you know, they said, they said things that I wanted to hear because I don't think they were said – in an outlandish manner. It was what they expected and what they wanted. And I'm completely fine with that. It's like Paul George when he said he, owned, he owes Balmer a ring. Probably not going to get it. I wouldn't think. You know, Lakers are the team to beat, obviously. But I like that Paul George said it. He said it as a matter of fact. You gave me this big money. Now here's what I got to give you. I like that. I I like guys. And Mitchell basically holding himself accountable, putting himself on notice. That stuff for the first round, getting beat, it's over. That's what I want to hear. Because you're putting yourself on notice. Now go do
0: it. The expectations need to be there or the results aren't likely to follow. Hey, I really hope we win this game. Isn't, you know, the other team is out there. If the other team's out there expecting to win and needing to win, you're hoping to win is going to get you beat. You, know, you right. really when I took need over, that mindset.
1: Exactly. When I took over sports radio 19 years ago, I knew I would be the biggest, baddest, you-know-what in sports radio, and that's exactly what's happened. Well,
0: that's what you told me, so I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, I told the world, you give me a chance, and that's all. And then Katie barred the door. Good night, Irene. See you later, Sally. I will dominate. And by golly, gosh darn it, that's exactly what happened.
0: A good gosh darn it is always an excellent, excellent <laughs> exclamation point to your fake rants. No, no, this is J.J. Watt-esque. <laughs> no, it's not. That was really good. This is, this is pretty good. That was really good. You know Tim and Tim Peterson hadn't seen it yet. And I said, Tim, I don't care how late it is in the show. We don't have to run it in the A-block with all the highlights because they're out of the playoffs and you know the playoffs of the story. But at some point in the show, we got to run all two minutes of that. And he's like, You are really hung up on this. I'm like, well, we got an hour show. We can do two minutes because athletes don't talk like this very often.
1: I thought it was excellent. If I'm a Texas fan this morning. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously, he's been great for the community. He's very popular and all that stuff. But if I'm a fan, just a fan, whose primary concern is my team winning ball games, I loved what J.J. Watt had to say. Just like I've been appreciating what Donovan Mitchell said and what Rudy Gobert has said. Talk to me about it, man. And if you don't get it, I want it to hurt. Clearly, it hurt JJ Watt yesterday. He was speaking from a position of pain, anguish, frustration, all those types of emotions. And putting him, if you're going to put the team on notice, well, obviously you're putting yourself on notice. And if I'm a fan of the team, and I want the team to win, that's exactly what I want to hear. If you haven't heard our listeners now, go on social media and hear that J.J. Watt thing because it was outstanding. Just like Donovan Mitchell saying a couple weeks back, whenever it was, that first-round stuff, we're done losing in that round. I want to hear
0: that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I'll retweet that J.J. Watt stuff so it'll be easy to find. To do that in the break. We'll talk to Craig Jack next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Zach Wilson has proven everything that he needs to prove at the college level, and it is time to go to the NFL. I don't care what COVID did to this year's schedule. I don't care that they didn't play a single Power 5 conference team this year. I don't care that they didn't play the University of Utah and he didn't get another shot at his rival. And I don't even care if he falls in. To the second round. It doesn't matter to me. When he's putting his name on that contract, he has proven everything that he needed to prove at the college level.
2: In fact, the only thing Zach Wilson can do right now is hurt his stock by staying in college football.
0: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, the zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK it's 975 at 1280 the zone it is time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz his weekly session with us is presented by University of Utah health trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours and bowler this is a weekly session this is not an interview here jazz fans need a little therapy after that that got a little people that got people stressed out what in the world happened they were so good in game one and so bad in game two uh, it looked like two different teams
2: yeah it really did um, you know I I said we've we've been down this road before right I'd I think it comes down to how you start games, energy, focus. Uh, the other part of that would be Donovan, um, you know, play such a big role in how the Jazz, you know, uh, how it all goes. Uh, and a slow start by Donovan. And, and it turned out to be an incredible finish. But, again, when you dig yourself a 17-point hole and your superstar. Donovan Mitchell has four points at the half, one buck and a couple of free throws. You know it's going to be kind of a long night. You know what I'm learning, too, is the the Jazz were undefeated in preseason because of, uh, you know, dynamic play, uh, energy, three-point shot. And, you know, DJ PK, it really kind of comes out to is you can live and die by the three, and if it isn't on, then you've got yourself a struggle and you have to try to find another way to put the ball in the basket, but uh, you know, we've we I've seen this before. We've all seen this before. Uh, great play one night, and then that drop off, and it's hard to put your finger on it. You know, the locker room said it was energy, focus, and you you know, it's game two. Um, boy, they played well in the preseason. They looked so dynamic in game one on the road, and then you come home, uh, you've got the new floor, uh, the dark mode look, and all of a sudden, it just it just didn't happen. Ten. Of 34 turnovers, by the way, another big factor in game two.
1: Must have been those unis. They threw them off. Need some time to get used to that. That's what (laughs) I'm saying. That's my
2: story. Yeah, the floor and the unis, I think, you know, know, kind of maybe the, the eyes. Are you telling me kind of different radiated kind of, yeah, it kind of just blurred their vision a bit.
1: Although, for what it's worth, and I have no fashion sense whatsoever, which is why I have not purchased an article of clothing in over 30 years. My wife does it all. She said she actually liked those unis compared to the ones last year and the ones they've been using. So score one for these unis uh, for someone who has, at least from my perspective, has way more fashion sense than I am. So let's go with those unis. They did look good. As far as Mitchell... I don't have any numbers, but my eyes tell me that he's had a bunch of games that have been slower, and he turns it on in the second half. Uh, it, I'm not sure you'd agree with that, but if you do, no, if you believe that, the, yes. that... What what, it, what is going on there?
2: Well, in some of the discussions we've had, Donovan kind of clarifies he knows he has to be more consistent, PK, and that means quarters one through four. The other part of that, too, is I think he feels you know, the need to get his other teammates involved. But I think what we're learning here is the Jazz need Donovan Mitchell from the opening jump. Uh, I mean, there's other ways of getting his teammates involved. And, uh, you know, the assists, you know, were pretty consistent last year. You know, rebounds are over four, so were assists. Uh, but the bottom line is the guy is a machine in, in, in scoring. And it's great to see the comeback. It's great to say I'm a, I'm a second-half comeback kid. But by that time you're climbing such a big hill. You know, I remember last year several times, you know, down twenty one, you know, in this particular case against Minnesota down seventeen. And then you start to force the ball to PK and the turnovers have always been an issue. You fire a three or you try to pass the ball inside and a lot of times errant passes uh, then turn into just breakaway buckets when you don't get back and transition on defense and you know, you look at the stat; it's staring me in the face because it's on my score sheet for tonight. Twenty six points they gave away, right to Minnesota, and um, that's off nineteen turnovers. So, those are things that just have to be fixed. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it. I think the thing that fans just, you know, their heads explode sometimes. You see them play so well. Important was about as precision basketball as you as you could have. I mean, it was. Uh, everyone on the same page. The rhythm was incredible. And speaking of rhythm, those turnovers never allow you to find that rhythm. You begin to force shots uh, and you see up at the scoreboard, you're down. And, you know, you go in the locker room, you come back maybe with a fresh, you know, idea or mode in your mind. But it, it's just such a tough, tough hill to climb. And I think, again, that's the biggest challenge for the Jazz is consistency. And you see them play so well one night and you scratch your head and wonder why on, on, in game two. Those are a long ways to go. But still, these are issues I think the Jazz have shown, um, you know, for quite some time. And that's just the consistency of getting off to a good start. When people say, I need energy, well, you you got to find it right somewhere coming out of the gate. If not, teams will, uh, you know, run you over. And kind of a, I thought Minnesota played well. That's an interesting young team. Uh, very young, by the way. the The eldest, the elder, is Ricky Rubio, but uh, he just seems to direct a young team with a lot of former number one picks. They've kind of put a a hodgepodge of different players together around Carl Anthony Towns, and I just thought they they wanted the game more simple.
0: I would agree with a lot of that, and I definitely agree with Donovan start slow and is a different player after halftime. And I'm curious because he started to do it in the third quarter of that game where. Just kind of impose your will on the game. Okay, I'm going to the hoop. Nobody can stop me. Either I get a bucket or I get free throws, or I take two or three defenders with me and Rudy cleans it up with a dunk, which happened multiple times. It's pretty simple, and it was really effective. So I think they don't need a lot of Donovan in the first half. What they need is efficient Donovan, and if things are starting to get away, you know, if the lead gets to double digits – impose your will on the game and you know tighten up the act but when you're a ball dominant scorer you just you got to involve your teammates at some point so get them going those minutes aren't as critical and you can get guys going then so I like the mindset I just think hey if you're capable of imposing your will on a game when it starts going south the way that game did you just got to do it a little earlier because you don't want to have to dig out of a 17 point hole you're not going to do that very often
2: right well you know he had 5 assists and you know that's that's a nice number, obviously for a guy with a high volume, you know high high volume shots. He put took twenty three shots, uh, but again, I'm looking again at my card from the other night. He's one of six in the first half, and then he started as you said, DJ. You get to the bucket, you drive, you, you do yourself favors by getting to the free throw line. He had a uh, and one. Uh, you know what what do he have here? He had um, seven in the third quarter, and then he had ten in the fourth. He ended up with uh, what twenty-one points. So, yeah, he, he, there's got to be a better balance. I get it that he wants to not be a selfish guy and he wants to help. Uh, you know, maybe survey the floor and help his teammates get into their rhythm. But you know, again, I go back and there was never there was never any real rhythm in that game because Minnesota destroyed it. I thought they were more physical. Uh, they bumped the guys out on the three-point line. Uh, Clarkson is a, is, a, is an amazing player because he's able to. Really keep the dribble alive PK and DJ to to find that little open space and he's just he's really <laughs> he's an incredible player from downtown and inside. You usually find just enough seam to score. he was effective um, you know with 22 or 23 off the bench but you know it just got to be from the start. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen from the last couple of years with Donovan and Rudy and, and now boyan and bogey you know struggled. But you just got to find something to start, you know, especially at home, on your home opener, season home opener. I would think that, and again, there was 1,500 fans there. There was some energy in the building. You got to find a way to feed off that. Have to. That's what I was going to ask you. That's going to be the, PK, that's the way it's going to be the rest of the season, right? Uh, 1,500 fans more or less, and what you see is what you get.
1: Well, hopefully we can get more as the season progresses and we'll see yeah, whatever the rules hope, are hope. going forward. I did go down to that second exhibition game or preseason game just so I could get a feel of what it's like uh, of having a limited amount of folks in the arena, uh, and it's better than nothing, but it was interesting, and it's a preseason game, so I can't put too much stock in there, but I sat in the bowl for the first half just so I could have some – Idea. I thought it was decent enough uh, to where it did provide some type of energy. Was it? Uh, and you were there for the preseason games too. Was it better in the regular season game?
2: You know, yeah, I thought it was a little more. I thought we still had about a thousand five to thousand people in the two preseason games. I don't know. I didn't have a, a counter with me, DK. I don't know what you saw, but there was, there were there were several more fans opening night. What I thought. That the Jazz can give uh, the players is that the home court, you know, game ops is still some of the same energy with, you know, defense you hear up on the speakers and all the stuff that runs through the arena during the you know get, during the course of a, a two and a half hour game, and so there's that that built-in energy, right? Uh, did you did you notice that at all yourself? I mean. I think Oh, in helped. the preseason
1: game yeah y- yeah yeah i mean if if it it felt like a preseason game would there wasn't a ton of energy in terms of oh we gotta win this, but the people were into it and yeah, yeah so it obviously it was much more reduced, but it still felt somewhat similar to a what I would call a regular preseason game
2: yeah. Yeah, this one on opening night still had a little bit more crowd. Uh, I noticed there was much more spread out. Uh, You know, the concourse had people strolling through it, you know, waiting to get some uh, concessions, et cetera. Uh, But still not a full house, obviously. Nothing in the upper deck and about uh, maybe a fourth of the lower bowl had some people in it. Uh, But it it still had energy. And and the Jazz, again, game ops provide that with – uh, if you've been there and jazz fans know what energy's pumped through the speakers right and all that and it was it was still kind of a well simulated you know home opener but still not nowhere near the energy so my point is you know they've been through this right the bubble didn't provide much and you know they had moments in in Orlando as well they looked good in the preseason and even on the road in LA and now you come back after a big one in Portland you're just going to have to you know this whole season until things get back to some sort of you know a norm you know you're going to have to each and every night pk find your own energy whatever that is i don't know but it's it's going to be 72 games of hell at times and i think that's just the way it is um you know some nights you're on some nights you're off but i think it's just instead of you got to find something in between uh, it can't be high and low it's got to be something that you can still you know grab onto build on and that three point shot that Quinn wants. The green light's on, right? And so, um, you know, Clarkson's been effective. Bogey's going to come out of it, I'm sure. Joe Ingles as well. But on some given nights, it's just not going to be there. And So the question is, how do you still be competitive? And that's that's the question I'm I'm hoping to see them answer soon.
0: Well, if you have the green light, shoot the quick three. You ought to be able to cut down on your turnovers. There's no reason to have 18 turnovers if you get to launch it four seconds into the shot clock. Yeah, yeah. Paces
2: up, right? right? Paces up yeah he wants the shot away in four to six seconds and uh, if you you know if if you don't hit the shot, then your biggest uh, uh, you know challenge there is to get back on defense because the threes as we know, take usually a pretty tough ricochet off the rim and if you're not back and then teams grab the rebound, they can run it down your throat and sometimes that will happen.
0: So tonight, It's Oklahoma City, the last undefeated team in the Western Conference. Man, that didn't take long for everybody to get a loss. And Oklahoma City's only played one game. They had a game with Houston canceled because of COVID with the Rockets. So they've got one win over Charlotte. I don't know that it tells us anything. Just looking at the roster, and I assume you've been over it to prep for the game. It's a really young team. They've got some good young talent, you know, twenty-one and twenty-two year old guys, and then they've got uh, a few veterans. Where you know, to get more draft picks because you know, thirty isn't enough. uh, They've brought in some uh, some older guys. Trevor Ariza is uh, thirty-five now. George Hill, the former Jazz man, is thirty-four. Al Horford is thirty-four. So while I don't expect them to do anything across the course of the season, uh, and they're in this weird transition phase if you play a C-minus basketball game, they're good enough to get you on any given night.
2: Well, they have one starter that remains from last year, and it's Shea uh, Gilchus-Alexander. Um, that's it. I mean, he's a heck of a player, by the way, out of Kentucky. Al Horford, as you mentioned, will start. George Hill's your point guard, former Jazz man, a couple of years, uh, the last two seasons with the Bucks. Um and then you look at uh Lugent's Dort I mean this this is an all-name team by the way Mike Muscala uh, is back and Darius Miller there's others it's kind of an assortment right of just you know players who are on the tail end of their career and other young players that are just beginning and hopefully some of the elders will help the younger guys you know mentor them uh, as this as OKC's really in a total rebuild um but on any given night, you always have to – and you have a new head coach, by the way. Billy Donovan said I'm out after the Orlando bubble and finds himself in Chicago with the Bulls now. So it's a total do-over. Um, but you know what? It's going back to Oklahoma City. That's where we were on March 11th when everything went down. And so it it'd be going to be kind of odd, I think, for the players. Uh, it would be for me if we were there uh, to walk back in. Uh, to the arena where we were told to make a quick exit to the locker room on that night. There's a lot of history and a lot of memories there. Uh, but, you know, once the ball goes up, you play ball, you know, right? So that's what the Jazz are faced with tonight. Um, almost feel like sometimes the Jazz play better after a bad game on the road, less stress, and they seem to just be a looser bunch. Uh, they're going to have a long road trip in January. Got a couple of games this week at home uh, when we play on New Year's Eve and New Year's night. Uh, so it's, you know, there's there's no rhyme nor reason to the schedule that you're just going to have to play it. 72 quick games, a lot of back-to-backs, and a lot of road games uh, for Utah, especially to start the season.
1: Only two games, so everything is impossible to evaluate based on two games. But it seems like Gobert has upped his maybe, uh, I don't know if I can say game but determination it's like all right everybody and their brother knows i got this big deal so i gotta bring it every night and two yeah. games i'm seeing it
2: pk what i've seen is a little more variety of offensive shots uh around the rim not just you know putting it home jamming it down i mean he's been a little more nimble maybe that's a word um, but the ball again has to be delivered you know, in a, in a really good space, tight space for him. Um, I think the Jazz have actually been very conscientious on getting the ball to Rudy and early to get him focused into the game. There's been some spectacular plays to Gilbert in traffic, and he's been able to take the ball and uh, you know he's rebounded incredibly well and getting some second chance points. But I'm with you. I've, I've been a little surprised. Just more what's the word i want to use more tenacious tenacity uh, around the rim i see him with a little better hands catching the ball uh and he's been able to finish and and i think the most important thing is donovan uh you know and uh, joe obviously are looking for him early and it's it's um, so far to his advantage for sure
0: well, Bowler, we'll, uh, we'll watch the game tonight. We'll see how this plays out. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year because you'll be working on New Year's Eve and New yeah, Year's man. Night. Well, yeah, man.
2: Well, we've got the two home games. Uh, we'll have fans in the stands again uh, with uh, the Phoenix Suns and uh, we see what the Clippers. So kind of a repeat of the preseason, but we kind of know who they are. But it'll be, it'll be good. Uh, you know, we're off and running. It's two games in, as you said. You see one high, one low, and, of course, you hopefully – More consistency will start that play out, hopefully, tonight at OKC.
0: Bowler, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Guys, thanks. Have a great uh, holiday. DJ PK, there's Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. Steve Cleveland coming up in 15 minutes, our basketball insider. He's had a very short offseason. We'll talk with him coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. David Locke talking about Rudy's extension. It's a
1: franchise-changing moment that we know they're going to be good now for four or five more years. That's an incredible concept because being good, despite what probably Jazz fans think, is incredibly difficult in this league. And once you're bad, it's even more difficult. Almost impossible. Yes, there's
2: an argument that we overpaid for Rudy. I'm glad we did because now we know we're going to be good. And being good begets being good. I was really nervous because sometimes
1: I think negotiations are hard when everyone's right i just think it's a great sign of lack of hubris on everyone's part to
2: get that deal done it's a great sign of where we're heading
0: the big show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
2: and now your rocky mountain chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend hey really Back control, Fitzpatrick. Steps in the pocket. has got. Oh, it's open. Makes oh the catch gosh. and steps out of bounds. Are you kidding me? Uh oh. oh A flag my
0: gosh. Down. I thought it was. They pulled out of oh, oh, 15 more. That'd be 15 more yards. Yeah, no, this might give the Dolphins their chance oh, yeah. to win this football game. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Fitzy got his face mask torn off on going to put them in field goal range? Fitzy, PK. Fitzy. The Chevy Strong play of the game right there. It was a remarkable play you got 20 seconds, 15 seconds. You're deep in your own end. And while you're getting uh, your helmet spun around by the face mask and your face and your neck pulled with it, you're completing a a 34-yard pass down the sideline. It was broken coverage. One guy let him go and one guy didn't pick him up. That ball was in the air forever. Looks like a guy fair catch and a punt. But it worked. The Dolphins flipped the field, kicked the field goal, and win it in the final seconds. That whole, uh, we didn't really get into this earlier this morning, Jacob sliding it the one-yard line, man, passing a point, its that, that changed it from you get beat by a field goal or do you get beat by a touchdown, which seems okay. like a big deal.
1: That was and controversial by John Gruden, and obviously that was the uh, whole point of the press conference, the Zoom stuff afterward, and Fitzpatrick, another Phoenix guy who didn't go to uh, ASU, is in the NFL, uh, I think he went to what, Yale or Harvard, so he's a smart dude. Uh, went to Harvard. Yeah, I knew I knew that. He went to Highland, which I think uh, was where Jake Toulson and, and Austin Ainge went, and so were there in Gilbert. Uh, but I agree with what John Gruden decided because his whole worked. idea was I didn't want to leave them with enough time because we saw what Mahomes did to us. Well, the fact that he left them 19 seconds and they still scored, that meant... Clearly, in my mind, it was the right decision, because if they would have let them have over
0: a minute, they got in a field goal position with only 19 seconds. Yeah, lost in this whole debate is that either one of them should have tipped the odds in your favor so dramatically you should have won. The deal at the one left so little time on the clock. Now, they only have to get to the 30 or 35-yard line because NFL kickers are so good. But if they had scored the touchdown... Now you got a two-point conversion. You go from five points maybe to seven points if you get that converted, which ought to guarantee you overtime, but still they need a touchdown. In, in less than a minute, no you ought to be able to stop left. them. right? So either one, and you can sit and debate which one they should have done, but realistically, I'm looking at you, Raider defense, you're getting a pass here. Either one of those choices should have won you the game.
1: I don't think they get a pass because I think that was a total, complete indictment on my defense. I didn't trust us scoring a touchdown.
0: Well, I guess from that point, uh, in the public discussion, they're getting a pass. But in the more important internal discussion, guys are going to lose their jobs. You know, it's clear It's clear the head coach doesn't trust the defense, and the GM probably yeah. doesn't either. So there are probably guys who are going to lose their jobs in the offseason, which is the ultimate accountability. Uh, but as far as the public discussion, you know, it's more Gruden, which one should he have done. And the, the truth is, he should have been able to do either one and win the game. Uh, that's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it at 450, and you can win fabulous prizes. An incredible comeback. There were uh, four, I think, four scores, four Two touchdowns and two field goals um, split evenly. Both teams had a touchdown. Both teams had a field goal in the final five minutes of the game. You know the-
1: And then you have the issue of Tua. Is he really going to be a franchise quarterback? Because now he's just a rookie, but they've basically handed him the starting job. Yep. It's not like Fitzpatrick Lost did it. anything to lose it. They just handed it to him. Yep. And he's been pulled a couple of times. And Fitzpatrick is the ultimate journeyman. As far as an NFL quarterback, he's been in the league for years. Played for eight and, teams. He's
0: literally yeah. <laughs> played for a quarter of the league. I mean, yeah. it would be awesome to have the debate. When he goes into the Hall of Fame, what jersey will he wear? Now, he won't go into the Hall of Fame, which I guess is why he's worn eight jerseys, but I mean, how do you remember him? Which team do you remember him with? That, you know, different people he's been so many uh, stops. Yeah,
1: probably most of the reason, why I don't think the NFL does the jersey thing. I think it's more of a baseball Yeah, it's a, a cap thing. Uh, but Is Tua really your guy? You have to wonder, is is he really good enough to be?
0: Because he hasn't really shown a whole lot. I think the question is, uh, when you say you, we can't prove it, but, man, this feels like it came down from on high in the organization – this guy's going to sell tickets, this guy's exciting, let's play this guy. And it feels like the coaches are sitting over there going, yeah, I'm getting judged on getting to the playoffs, and I know which quarterbacks get me to the playoffs. Why do I want to invest in this young guy so the next head coach can go to the Hall of Fame and win a Super Bowl and I get fired? I'm a coach. i got to win now. So I think I know what the coaches want to do now. As you go up you know, to the GM, a team president, ownership, it doesn't feel like everybody's on the same page to me. Because this is a well, weird deal to hand. Like you say, they, they handed the job to Tua. Fitzpatrick didn't screw it up. And now, hey, this is great that we're playing Tua, but we need to win the game. So let's get Ryan in there. <laughs> Fitzpatrick goes in and wins the game.
1: This is an obvious answer. Who are you going to take? Tui Tagovailoa or Zach Wilson?
0: <laughs> well, Miami's not going to be faced with that issue. Zach's going to go long before Miami drafts.
1: They can trade up. Of course I think they'd have to trade up to number
0: one. Oh to there get it Zach is. Wilson. <laughs> you don't think they can get him at two? Come on. Every time I see a mock draft, I think he can't go any higher. First rounder, top ten, top five. And I did see him, I think Sports Illustrated had him had a mock draft where he was number two. And there's actually, I've seen multiples of uh, number yeah. two. And yeah. there was one yesterday where the 49ers yeah. actually traded up to get him at number two yesterday. Would you rather have number
1: two or two uh? Or go number two. Ooh, that's what good. would you prefer? Well,
0: I knew I knew uh, okay, you were going, going there. That was clear. I don't know. Turn into a poop joke here real quick. Merry, Merry Christmas and Happy New well, Year. Well, at least it oh, was yeah.
1: clear so everything is functioning well.
0: Hey oh, now it's number one. All right. <laughs> All right. keeps getting bored of the show. I'm Thank goodness Steve Cleveland's coming up. <laughs> Our basketball insider joins us next after a freakishly short off season for him. We'll talk with Steve Cleveland next.